Good morning. The family of the late Heskett, Ray Russell, would like to thank you for your presence here this morning. It means so much to them. And on behalf of the incredible body of Christ here at Calvary Bible Church, we welcome you. For those of you who don't know, the reason why we are meeting here today is because we do not have power installed in the main auditorium out front, and our generator does not have the capacity to carry the air condition in the sanctuary. So that's the reason why we are meeting here. We apologize for the inconvenience that you may find, but we want you to feel welcome. And it is our prayer that if you are here without our Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that during this service, as you hear God speaking to you, because there may be somebody here who is still putting off that decision for the Lord for some more convenient day, I trust that as you hear God speaking to you today, you would surrender to him. And I would want to believe that our brother Ray would be the happiest person to know that you have stepped out of darkness into light. You know, the Bible reminds us, and I can think of two places, Hebrews 3.15, and in Psalm 95, verses 7 and 8, says, Today, today, if you would hear his voice, harden not your heart. And that's the word of God. Coming now to lead us in our first congregational hymn is our song leader, Mr. Anton Wallace. Good morning. Jesus Christ, our Savior, he is great enough to bear our sorrows and our griefs. And he surely carried them upon himself on that cross. And that's one of the reasons why we are able to praise him today, because of such a great Savior that he is. So I invite everybody beside the immediate family, or if the immediate family wishes to stand, 
you may stand as we sing how great thou art to the honor glory and praise of jesus christ let's stand together
Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home. What joy shall fill my heart? I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art! Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Praise be to him. You may be seated. Thank you very much. And he is indeed a great God. And I trust that he's great to you. Coming now with the obituary is Mr. Travis Harding. This will be followed by as with a solo by Mr. Ken Curry. And then following that will be Mr. David Russell Broder with a word of thanks. Good day, ladies and gents. Um, thank you all for coming. Um, Ray Lavinus Heskiff was born to the late Betty and Lavinus Russell in Nassau, Bahamas on the 13th of November, 1957. He was the first of three boys. He was educated at St. Thomas More and later at Aquinas College and CC Sweden High School. He also attended military, Miami Military Academy. He then went on to work as an air-conditioned mechanic at Bahamas Supply and then home furniture. He later self-employed until his demise when he succumbed to a massive heart attack on the 7th of October, 2016. Mr. Russell was predeceased by his parents, Lavinus and Betty Elizabeth Russell, and a brother, Georgery Russell, and is survived by his wife, Betty Russell, sons, Alex Russell and Travis Harden, brother, David Russell, uncles Donald Johnson, Terry Johnson, Heskiff Johnson, God Davis, and Robert Sweden. Aunts Maggie Sweden, Nettie Davis, Merlin Johnson, Rosemary Johnson, Dawn Johnson, and Ida Roberts. Brothers-in-laws Erskine Harden, sisters-in-laws Franklin Russell, Rhoda Hall, Shirley Harden, Rosie Lowe, and Ivy Hernandez. Daughter-in-law, Santasha Harden, niece, Donna Russell, and many other relatives and close friends. Um, before I end, I would like to say a little small brief thing about my dad. Um, it was never, it wasn't always easy to live with him, but 
He was a great provider and he's always there for us. No matter what, no matter any obstacle like him, he made sure to provide and be there as much as he could. He always would tell me that you can hate me now, but you can love me later. And I appreciate everything that he did for me. He made me and my brother and my mommy the way that we are now. And he gave us everything that he could. He always thought about the days that he might come and die and all those, but I guess it just happened. I wish we could have said goodbye, but I thank you everybody for coming. Um, I'd like to just uh, offer my condolences. Um, David, um, you know, David's my boy. And uh, many, many, many times I, I had, you know, I dealt with Ray over the years with air conditioning and just always such a great guy. Both of them, whenever they leave me, I'm laughing my head off, you know, and um, I don't know, life, life, life never is what we think. It, uh, you know, it's, it's most of us will say uh, it's different than what we planned, you know, it's hard. But um, this song I want to sing today um, it speaks about a hope for the helpless and rest for the weary and love for the brokenhearted, grace and forgiveness. And not only that, the thing about Jesus is not only does he offer all those things, but he will meet you right where you are because every one of us are different. We're all going through different things. We all come from different backgrounds and uh, been through different things, but uh, I just hope this uh, song will speak to you today, and um, like I say, uh, just Ray was a great guy, and I definitely was sad to hear, and um, I, I just been praying for you guys, and um, I hope this blesses you. <clears throat> the days you had were not enough when you said goodbye and to all of the people with burdens and pains keeping you back from your life you believe that there's nothing and there is no one who could make it right there is help for helpless, rest for the weary, love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing, reach you wherever you are, cry out to Jesus, cry out to Jesus. marriage that's struggling just to hang on lost all of their faith and love and they've done all they can to make it right again still it's not enough 
one who can break the addictions and chains. You try to give up, but you come back again. Just remember, you're not alone in your pain and your suffering. There is hope for the helpless, the rest for the weary, the love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing to meet you wherever you are. Just reach out, you just cry out to Jesus. To the widow who suffers from being alone, wiping the tears from her eyes. To the children around the world without a home, say a prayer tonight. Cause there is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing, can meet you wherever you It's the only way you'll make it through this life. <laughs> Amen. Good morning. Um, I can't make it up on the steps today. I'm broken and beaten today. Two months today, exactly, my mother died. And... Um, I haven't slept since then, and the, the majority of people here know I'm, I'm on dialysis, so I've been really having a hard time. My protector is laying here on the side of me. I just want to thank Kelly and Tanya for coming in from the States for today, and I want to thank Uncle Gar Davis and Uncle Robert Sweden from Abaco for coming in today. But I want to thank Uncle Gar and Uncle Robert special today because when we were young children, 
If you look in the book, the last page of me and Ray when we were children, they were our parents. Every summer in Easter, we look forward to going to Abaco and then to St. Petersburg, Florida, where Uncle God lived and Uncle Robert and Aunt Maggie lived in Uncle God and Aunt Nettie in St. Petersburg. And we always was together. If we had anything in life to look forward to, it was spending time with them to as our family. And Ray always had me everywhere with him and protecting me. And we had fun. That was the good days. We grew up and went our separate ways later on in life. But if I needed him, he was there. If he needed me, I was there. And we used to argue a lot. But we were still one. And my mother, when she died, um, I tried to get Ray involved with the funeral service and stuff, but he, he was a little off. And I was mad. I was angry. But God came to me one night, and he said, David, what you could do and what you expect from someone else, maybe they just can't do. So you always have to forgive. And you always have to try to understand that not everybody could do what you could do. And you can't do what everyone else could do. And I haven't been in the food store, I don't think, for seven years. And after that, I, went, I just stopped in the food store. I said, let me go see what in here I could eat. And um, Ray was in there. And he came up to me and he said, David, I just couldn't see mommy the way she, that I had to have to look at her if I had to deal with the situation. And I told him, Ray, it's no problem, we're forgiven. So we walked out of the food store laughing and joking and, 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 and back in love again. And then I got the call to say that he was gone. So I just want to thank God that he gave me the opportunity that I don't have to live the rest of my life regretting that we were angry when, we, when he died. Today I don't know where Ray is, but I know one thing. First um, John, sorry, not first. John 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess it, you shall be saved. It doesn't say that you shall be saved for a month. It doesn't say that you shall be saved as long as you're doing good. It says that you shall be saved. And I know that, and everyone here knows that how Ray lifestyle was, but what are our lifestyle? I know my shortcomings. And some of them you can't see. So God forgives all. So today would be a good day to put your trust in God instead of looking at other people and see what they do 
and say, well, if that's a Christian, that's not the way I want to be. Because we all fall short of the glory of God. So I just want to thank God today and thank you all for coming. But I want to thank God today for Ray being my brother. Okay. Thank you, David, and thank you, Ken, and thank you, Travis, for sh sharing what you did today. Um, and we will understand it all by and by, as this next song says. So I invite everybody to please stand as we sing our second hymn together, Father Alone. Shit. 
When we see Jesus coming in glory, when he comes from his home in the sky, then we shall meet him in that bright mansion. We'll understand it all by and by. Thank you very much. What a song. And all of us can say that we understand it. We don't know, but we understand it by and by. And that by and by may be closer than we think. Coming with the message for today is Pastor Vaughan Cash from Evangelistic Temple. This will be followed by a solo from Mrs. Sherry Newball, and then the closing remarks by Pastor Rick Fox. In that order, let us welcome Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Just a small correction, that's Pastor Rick Dean. Rick Fox is the current director at Tain Challenge. As David indicated, I don't think any of us thought that we would be here today. And especially under these circumstances. But nevertheless, life is life. And here we are again. As I indicated, um, at the funeral for Sister Betty. I've known the Russell family for over 50 years. Ray and I, the same age. And uh, so that gives you an idea how long I've known the family. Now, ironically, David being the younger of the brothers that I knew, I never really knew the deceased brother. But ironically, I got to know David a whole lot better than I did Ray. But nevertheless, I did know Ray. And uh, I guess because of David's personality, you know, um, how can you not get to know David? And so on behalf of the pastors, the ministers, the deacons, members of Evangelistic Temple, I bring our condolences this morning to the family, and uh, just to let you know that we have been praying for you, and we will continue to do so as you go through this time of bereavement. I'm reading this morning from the Gospel of John. The context is 
the death and the resurrection of Lazarus. I just want to read some selective verses because it covers a whole lot of uh, verses there in John chapter 11. Verse 1, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Verse 14, Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse 32, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Last verse, verse 36. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, as we open your word today, we ask for grace to speak it, and we ask for grace to hear and receive and apply it to our hearts and lives. We give you thanks and praise once again for what you will do in us as a result of this time here today. We also want to say thank you for Ray. Thank you for the years that and the privilege that we have had to know him, some a whole lot better than others. But nevertheless, God, we thank you for the privilege that was ours. These things we ask and pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. And everybody said, Amen. When we gather for services such as this, there are two things that I feel we should do. The first one is we should remember the life of the deceased. That's a part of the reason for our gathering. In John chapter 11 and verse 12, Jesus refers to Lazarus as our friend. Lazarus, our friend. And uh, so that in itself, that statement in itself, is an indication that there were some memories that Jesus had about Lazarus. We'll expl explore a few more as we go along. Also in verse 15, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So both of those verses give an indication of the kind of relationship that existed between Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And while Jesus was not an immediate part of their family, nevertheless, if you read the scriptures related to that family and Jesus, it would be very, very clear that they had a very strong relationship. And perhaps on a family level, but very, very strong and very close. And so the, Bible's, the Bible also tells us in verse 35 that when Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus, it says that he wept. Now, this always gets my attention because this was not a private weeping. This was weeping out in the open. The crowd that was gathered there around the tomb that day 
made no difference to Jesus because his friend had died. Somebody that was close to him had died. Now, Jesus knew that he was going to resurrect him from the dead, but that didn't make any difference. Still, the Bible says, standing at that tomb, he wept openly and he wept publicly. And I believe that is also an indication of the level of relationship that he had with Lazarus. And then the Bible also tells us in verse 33 of John chapter 11 that Jesus groaned in his spirit as he saw Mary and Martha weeping and the other Jews that were gathered there weeping as well. It says he groaned in his spirit. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now, I've heard, I've heard over the years a lot of interpretations as to why Jesus was groaning. But I believe that Jesus was groaning in his spirit because of the pain that he felt as a result of the passing of Lazarus. It is the inner expression of the inner pain and sorrow that Jesus was feeling. He groaned. Now notice it doesn't say that he groaned verbally with a verbal sound or the sound of his voice, but he groaned in his spirit. And so it was deep down on the inside. And sometimes that groaning takes place because words are insufficient to really express what we feel deep on the inside when a loved one passes away. And so again, all of those things are indications of the kind of relationship that Jesus had. But as I said a moment ago, I believe they also indicate the fact that when we stand at the graveside of a loved one or we gather like we are here uh, in this funeral service, we ought to remember the person that has passed on. And I believe that Jesus remembered three things about Lazarus. Could be a whole lot more, but I'll just stick with these three. Number one, I believe he remembered the person that Lazarus was, the kind of person that he was. Remember now, he knew Lazarus well, and he knew Lazarus on a close relationship level. And so I believe he remembered that person, Lazarus, that person, the man that he was. Secondly, I believe that Jesus also remembered the friendship that they shared, the many times that they were together, the many times that they were in each other's presence, talking and laughing and sharing and uh, just experiencing a high level of relationship as very, very close friends. And then thirdly, I believe that Jesus also remembered the times that they fellowshiped together in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And perhaps in my mind, thinking about a long day of ministry in the city of Jerusalem, healing the sick, opening blind eyes, unstopping deaf ears, ministering to the lame, ministering to those who were paralyzed, working all sorts of miracles as, a, as, a, as would be a part of a day of ministry in the life of Jesus. And then when the evening came, he and his disciples would take, would take that journey over the Mount of Olives to the town of Bethany. And once in the town of Bethany, they resorted to the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And I can just picture in my mind's eye the times that they would have been there just 
lounging at the table as they did customarily, lounging at the table and talking and sharing and laughing and praying and Jesus teaching. You know, you remember the story one time when Jesus was in the house that Martha, the servant sister, became uh, all overly excited about the fact that she was the one taking care of all of the needs that Jesus and his disciples had while Mary just sat and listened to Jesus' teaching. You know, and so you had those kinds of times in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And I believe as Jesus stood at that tomb, he also remembered those times that they spent together. Now, I say that because today, especially family members of Ray, as you think about Ray, your minds are filled with memories, memories of one kind or the other. Remembering Ray in David's case as a brother, and as he said, his protector. But that's a, a level of relationship, and that's a means that brings that kind of remembrance into one's mind as you relate to the deceased on the, on the level of a brother. Also remembering Ray as a nephew, Ray as a husband, Ray as a father, Ray as an uncle, or Ray as a friend, or Ray as a co-worker, if you had the opportunity to work along with him. But in that connection, there are, as I said, all sorts of memories that are perhaps going through our minds or maybe have already gone through our minds since the time we got the news that Ray had passed on. There is a lot to remember. Many memories, a lot of good ones, and perhaps memories that are not so good. Now, let me say this. Not a single one of us that's sitting here in this auditorium today not a one of us is a perfect person. And there are all of us here today who have done things or said things that today we look back at them and we're not very proud of them. There are a lot of things that I have done as a person over the years that I am not proud of. But thank God for his forgiveness. But nevertheless, you know, there, there are some memories about us that might not be very good memories that people might have of us. You know, so some memories might be not so good memories, but I believe far above the not so good memories are the good memories that people would have of us. Because there is no human being, I believe, in this life that has not done things that leave a mark in people's lives that have not uttered a word or two that have made a mark and left a mark in people's lives. So nobody is all, is all good and nobody is definitely all bad. And so there are lots of memories. I encourage you today, especially family, remember the good memories that you have about Ray because right now that is absolutely all you have. And so keep him alive in your heart and keep him as close to you as you possibly can. And so that's number one. When we gather for a service like this, we should remember the deceased. Secondly, we should also reflect on our own lives and think about our lives and the type of life that we are living right now, the kind of life that we are living. 
Because the day is coming, should Jesus Christ not return before and take his church with him in the rapture? The day is coming when all of us will lie, our mortal remains will lie in a casket just like raised today. Not one of us are exempt. Every single one of us will have to walk this valley. And so in light of that then, when we gather like this, we ought to reflect on our own lives. And there are three areas of one's life that I feel we should reflect on in this kind of time. And number one, we should reflect on our family relationships. David said a little bit about this. You know, it amazes me how we, as human beings, allow the pettiest things in life to cause separation among us as family. Some of the smallest things, the most insignificant things, some of the molehills that we make into mountains that create separation among us as family. And the reason why this is important and the reason why we need to reflect on this is because nobody knew other than God himself that Ray was going to have a massive heart attack and that would be the last we would see him physically. And so because we don't know when things like this will happen, we need to make sure that our family relationships are always intact. And I don't know how, how, how close attention you paid to what David said, but you know, it wasn't happenstance or coincidence that David went into that food store that day. Remember, eight years? Never went into a food store. But that day, and not only that day, but at that time, he was led to go into that food store. And as a result of going in there, met his brother. And as a result of meeting his brother, they were able to deal with the issue that had arisen because of Sister Betty's passing. And so when it comes to family, you and I ought to keep short accounts because we don't know when one of us will be in a casket like this. And the worst human emotion, I believe, that we will have to deal with is when there is a broken relationship in family and we didn't have the opportunity to fix it and to get it right and that family member passes away. And we didn't have the opportunity to express forgiveness and to reunite as family. That's a hard thing to have to live with. And so number one, we should reflect on our family relationships. Number two, I believe we should also reflect on our attitude toward material things. Because again, it's amazing how we even allow our material things to create separation within family units. You know, we, we as human beings, sometimes we are too tied to our stuff. We are too tied to our things, our possessions, our money, our car, our home, our property. We are too tied to them. And as a matter of fact, more tied to them than we are tied or connected to God. And concerned more about material things than we are about our relationship with God. And so in a service like this, I think we need to reflect on our attitude towards these kinds of things because 
Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, 36 and 37, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So what if you have all the stuff, but you lose your soul? You end up in hell and leave all the stuff right here on the earth. And Jesus goes on to say, what will a man or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There is not one single earthly material thing that equates with the value of a man or a woman's soul. Absolutely none. There is nothing that you can give in exchange for your soul. And so Jesus is saying, you know, the focus ought to be on this part of our lives and not so much on all of the stuff and the possessions and the things that we may accumulate in life. We just came through Hurricane Matthew. And one thing that Hurricane Matthew showed me, I don't know about you, but one thing that Hurricane Matthew showed me is how vulnerable stuff is and how easily stuff can be destroyed. How easily a home, as nice and as expensive as it might be, could be destroyed by floodwaters that come into it, or a car that's flooded out, or a business that's destroyed. And that in itself is a clear indication to us that material things in comparison to spiritual things, in comparison to the soul of a man or a woman, those material things are of very little value in comparison. And so we ought to reflect on these. Number three, we should also reflect, most importantly, upon our relationship with God. Life is too unpredictable and too brief to live it not knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and Lord. Absolutely too unpredictable and too brief. You see, we count our lives in terms of years. We say how many years we have lived. But God tells us in Psalm 90 and verse 12 to number our days. We count life in years. God says we ought to be counting our life in days. Number your days. Why? Because the truth of the matter is that all of us are just one heartbeat away from eternity. And so we ought to be reflecting on our life as a daily life. Not a, not a yearly life, but a daily life. Here's what the Bible says, 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 3. Samuel says, Yet as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. As surely as you live, and as surely as the Lord lives, there is only a step between me and death. James chapter 4 verse 14, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And I like to use this illustration. When you put a pot, a kettle of water on the stove to boil, to make a nice hot cup of tea, when that water comes to a boil and you look at that kettle on the stove, you look at the mouth of the kettle, the steam from that boiling water comes out of the mouth of that kettle and you see it for about that much time. 
and then it vanishes away. It evaporates, and it's gone. That's as long as you see it, and it's gone. And God compares that to our life. Whether we live to be 70, 80, 90, 100, or 110 or 20 years of age, comparatively speaking, that's how short life really is. And so even though we may accumulate many years of life in this life, compared to eternity, that's only a drop in the bucket. And then Proverbs chapter 27 verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, because we don't know what a day will bring forth. You know, I always smile to myself when I hear people who brag about what they're going to do as though they control the future, what they're going to do tomorrow, what they're going to do next week, what they're going to do next year. Now, the Bible does tell us that we ought to plan and organize ourselves. But we do not plan and organize and cast vision, speaking in a church uh, perspective. But he tells us that we ought to plan, we ought to prepare, but we ought not to do it as though we control the time. As though we are in control of life and we are in control of things. And that is a mistake that a whole lot of people make. And so then we have to reflect on our relationship with God. These verses of scripture that I read give us two very significant reasons why we need to know Jesus Christ as the Savior and the Lord of our lives. Number one, life is unpredictable. It is unpredictable. We don't even know what will happen today, much less next week or next year. And the truth of the matter is, no one but God really knows the future. No one but God really knows the future. And so life is unpredictable. We don't know what's going to be the case with us tomorrow. We don't know what's going to be the case with us before this day ends. And it also, the scriptures also uh, point out very clearly to us that, that life is not only unpredictable, but life is very brief. Our lives, the scripture says, as I said, is like a mist. It's here for a little while, and then it is gone. And so in light of all of that, I ask this question today. What direction is your life headed in? What is your eternal destiny? Because all of us are on a journey of life that is going to end someplace. What is the end or the destination of your life? Where are you headed? Where does the path of life that you have chosen to tread and walk on, where is it going to lead you? That's a very important question. And that's a question that we need to answer. And if the answer to that question is not a pleasant one, then we need to deal with it and fix it and get it right. What direction is your life headed in? Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So not only is the way that we choose important, but the end, how that way ends, is also very, very important as well. And all of us in this room today, we have chosen a way of life. 
We have chosen a path on which we are living our lives. What I ask you to do today is to look at and examine what the end of that way is, what the end of that life is. You know, a lot of us think we are Frank Sinatra. You know, I did it my way. And that's how a lot of people feel about life. I'm going to live my life how I want to live it. I don't care what y'all preachers say. I don't care what anybody has to say. This is my life. I am going to live it how I want to live it. Yeah, that may be, that may be your approach to life, and that may be the way you feel about your own personal life. But let me also say to you, you also need to be just as adamant in understanding how that life is going to end, how that path is going to end. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And he says, there are many who have gone through that gate and who are on that broad path. The majority of people in the world have gone through that broad gate and are on that broad path, as opposed to that narrow gate and that narrow path. And what's important in those verses is not just that the way is narrow and the gate is narrow, but where it leads to. That's of utmost importance. Because Jesus said, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now, human nature, human nature tells us to follow the crowd. The crowd must always be right. The majority must always be right. That's the way we think sometimes as, we, as human beings. The majority is not always right. And when it comes to spiritual things especially, and when it comes to the salvation of our souls, the majority opinion is not right. Because the majority opinion is you don't have to worry about it. When you're dead, you're done. You don't have to worry about it because everything is going to be okay. You don't have to worry about it because all of these paths lead to God anyhow. So you don't have to focus in on a relationship with Jesus Christ. But the devil is still a liar. There is only one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. And Jesus said, no man comes unto the Father except by me. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So all paths do not lead to the God of the Bible. All religions do not lead to the God of the Bible. All of the philosophies of man do not lead to the God of the Bible. And so what we need to be concerned about, even as we remember Ray, we need to reflect on our own lives to make sure and to be sure that when our lives end like this, that we would have lived a life knowing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And so I encourage you today, if you have not yet committed your life to him, if you have not yet made that all-important decision, I encourage you to do it today. If you don't know Christ, God brought you here today, not just to remember Ray, but also to remind you that you need to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Let us pray. Our Father and our God,
We thank you today for your word. We pray, O oh God, that it will take root in each of our hearts, Christian and non-Christian alike. And we pray, Father God, that it will not only take root, but it will also bear fruit in our lives. And we give you thanks and we give you praise. And we pray for those today who may not know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And oh God, may this be the day, the day, as melancholy as it might seem, the day that we funeralized Ray Russell was the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ. May that be the testimony of those who do not know him today. These things we thank you for, in Jesus' name, amen. In Psalms, David declares that through all the trials and tribulations of life, that he looks up to the heavens where his strength and his source for all things come from. And he says, my strength cometh from you, Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And um, I want to just pray that David and Franklin and Donna and Betty and Travis and the, the whole family, you guys, that you'll find the strength that God provides through all the trials of life. As I lay me down, heaven hear me now, I'm lost without a cause, after giving it my all, winter storm have come and darkened my sun after all that I've been through who on earth can I turn to I look to you I look to you Rise no more 
searching for that open door and every road that I've traveled led to my regret and I don't know if I can make it nothing to do but lift my head and I look to you I look to you and when all my strength is gone and you I can be strong I look to Good day, everyone. Bring you condolences on behalf of Family of Faith Ministries, where I'm a pastor to the entire family, Russells, Eddie, David, and all. Also, uh, as a board member of, of Teen Challenge Bahamas uh, and the brotherhood that exists there, on behalf of the passing of our brother, Ray, it has been my honor to have been a part of walking with Ray and coming into a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and being a part of that foundation being laid in his life at Teen Challenge. To be a part of hearing him share his life and how he got to come to Teen Challenge and the challenges and conflicts that he faced before coming there. And I believe and know that having experienced what was shared in his life at Tea and Challenge, the foundations that were laid and the word of God which abides forever that was in his heart, that he was able to face many of the challenges in his life. And yes, we all have to deal with so many types of challenges, but I believe in the enduring word of God, which has already been quoted here, that that seed of the word of God that incorruptible seed abides in us, it will bring forth fruit. And that seed is gonna be raised again when the Lord himself descends from heaven and gives a shout. I thank God for Ray. Ray was one of those, uh, when I first started at Teen Challenge, he was one of the uh, students there at the time. And 
Perhaps God had him there for me, more so than me for him. Uh, he was one of those jovial persons who made my way easy, trying to become a staff and to learn how to walk in this thing. And uh, he'd always leave me laughing. You know, you know how Ray is, you know, Ray. Ray's gonna tell a joke every time he sees you. He's gonna find a joke in anything and at any time. And uh, he never caused me any problems, as far as I know. But you know, Ray was too smart to be caught anyway, you know, so. Uh, but, but that was the kind of person Ray was, and we always have fond memories of him. Uh, man, he could, he could make a killer pizza. Yeah, you know, he, he was good with that. And the last time I saw him, he said, Pastor Rick, man, you still like the pizzas? I said, yeah, man, I'm gonna make you one. You know, but uh, that didn't happen, so Ray, you owe me, okay? Uh, but I, I love Ray. Love Ray, he's an exceptional soul. There are persons who, when you meet with them, you just know that they are different. Uh, that they have a way of always leaving the atmosphere, the environment better than when they entered into it. They always leave an impression upon your life that, that leaves you feeling good about yourself. Those are exceptional people. And I think you all should also um, always be remembered for that. So I thank God for Ray and the life that he shared with us. I'm gonna pray for the family that God would continue to keep you and that Ray's life will never be diminished or extinguished in your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for loaning to us Ray Russell. I thank you for the life that he led and life that he lived, for the legacy God that he's left behind. Some people leave legacies of material things. Others leave legacies of life. I thank you for the legacy of his life, the, the, the jubilant spirit that he had the way and the heart that he had, God, of wanting to leave people feeling better about themselves, of, of lifting, of giving to us that medicine called joy. Your word declares a merry heart is like a medicine. I thank you for treasures like him. Father, I pray as you are the God of all comfort that you will be a comfort, God, to the family as they go forth from day to day and see things, God, and memories come back to them, oh God, about his life, God, that it will lead them to remembering that it was you, Lord Jesus, that brought about a change in his life. God, that caused, though God, the good to happen, for all good and precious gifts come from you. And Father God, as we go through times and seasons like this, God, it can be like storms. God, sometimes we feel so ravaged. Sometimes we feel, God, that our, our, our stuff, as I said earlier, has been taken away from us. The things that we treasure has been taken from us. The one that we treasured has been taken from us. But God, we remember that you are a restorer. God, that you are a repairer. That you are able, oh God, to restore those things, God, that are needful for us, oh God. And though he physically is not here with us, I pray, Father God, that the treasure of his life, oh God, would be so evident in the lives of his family that they would recognize the richness of his life as they go from day to day. Lord, keep them, watch over them. May the joy of the Spirit of God bubble in their hearts, God, in the times of their mourning and grief and their loss. And we thank you, Father, for we know that you said that you are father to the fatherless. And so, God, even his sons, 
God, may they recognize and know, God, that your hand touched Ray's life and caused them, oh God, to come into this world. And so I thank you, Father God, I did remember that and live a life accordingly. May we who are here today as witnesses, oh God, of his parting, may we remember that we too must all stand before the judgment seat and give an account for the deeds done in the body. So let us make decisions, God, that are wise. Let us make decisions, God, that are for eternity. And I thank you, Father, that lives will be changed forever because the seed is now being planted in the ground. May fruit come forth to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Rick Dean and Sister Cheryl Newell. And thank you very much, Pastor um, Vaughn Cash, for bringing God's word today. We have come now to that part in the service that we call the committal. You know, every time I do this, I realize that one of these days, somebody will be doing it for me. When? I don't know. But as we have been advised, be prepared because that day is coming unless God tarries his return. My friends, whereas death has once more invaded our ranks and removed from the walks of life our beloved brother, Ray Russell, his soul having departed to dwell in the undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns. It has become our sad duty to commend his body to the grave, earth to earth, and dust to dust. In the confident hope of the coming again of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the resurrection of the body from the grave, and the joyous life reserved for the children of life in the realm of glory. Our Father which art in heaven, your ways are not our ways, neither are our thoughts your thoughts. I thank you today that you have spoken to us in another object lesson, realizing that in the midst of life, 
we are in death. And oh God, I pray once again for the family. Keep them together. I pray for those lost friends who may be here. Pray that they would surrender. And Father, for those who know you as Lord and Savior, help them to trust you, even though they don't understand the way that you move. Dismiss us now with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we all stand for our recessional hymn at this time? It's all right now. There was a time I traveled a lonely sinful road beneath a heavy burden bending are different for Jesus took my load it's all right now I'm his I know it's all right now it's all right now for I am in my Savior's care it's all right now my Savior hears and answers prayer he'll walk beside me till I climb the heavenly in sin and sorrow all alone till Jesus came and found me and drew me to his side it's alright now for I'm his own it's alright now for I am in my Savior's care it's alright now my Savior hears and answers prayer he'll walk beside me till I climb the heavenly stair and everything is all right now no more in sin I wonder no more in darkness roam the Lord has placed my feet on higher ground each day new heights I'm gaining my soul is nearing home it's all right now It's all right now, for I am in my Savior's care. It's all right now, my Savior hears and answers prayer. He'll walk beside me till I climb the heavenly stair. And everything is all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now, for I am in my Savior's care. It's all 